Hi, it's George Anderson back here again from IntelligentRunning.com and I'm joined by Warren Pohl from 33shake.com. And uh, hello again, Warren. Good to see you back. Hey again, George. We're going to be talking about fat burning, Mm. which is something that a lot of people, for some strange reason, are really interested in. And um, for many reasons, that's why people get into running in the first place. Mm. Um, But it doesn't always work out that you start running and all of a sudden you get shredded. Um, so what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about, hopefully in the next uh, ten minutes or so, is this this uh, this kind of famed fat burning zone, what it is, why people should give a monkey's about this particular subject, and then most importantly, which we'll get to right at the end, we're going to talk about how can people improve their fat burning potential and performance when when they're running. Yeah. So uh, if that's all good for you, then let's just dive straight into this. And uh, this, don't forget, anybody watching this, this is coming from Warren's background as an ultra marathon runner, um, and he's done some crazy events in the past, like hundred plus mile runs for races. So uh, this is kind of important for an ultra runner, right? To be uh, to, to be able to use fat stores for the body. It's it's absolutely key um, in, in ultra distance. It's essential for long distance efficiency. Uh, it's your most efficient fuel source, but also it's uh, your most stable fuel source. And a stable fuel source and stable energy levels also mean your emotions are not tracking those peaks and troughs that you might get if you were not fueling efficiently. And uh, an ultra marathon is very much a mental game. So if you're giving yourself that mental handicap of really dying, you know, spiking your emotions as well as your blood sugar, and boom, and crash down is the other one can be difficult. You're looking for that stable mental and physical ride, but I think it has a payoff for anybody who's into running. It's going to make you fitter, stronger, faster. This is the ultimate foundation to really good, healthy, fast running. Now, when I was a, back in the day, when I was a gym instructor and personal trainer, and I was working in a gym, and most gyms will have treadmills, and most treadmills will have some reference to, like a little chart on the, on the corner of the treadmill saying, fat burning zone, and then cardio training zone, or words to that effect. And as a coach, I always used to say, look, you don't want to be in the fat burning zone. If you're doing a 20, 30 minute treadmill run, then really you're not going to burn that many calories comparatively uh, if you're in the fat burning zone compared to if you're working harder doing intervals and so on and so forth. Um, so how how does, because what you're saying is that you want to not just be in the fat burning zone, but to increase that fat burning zone so you're you're working harder and still burning fat for fuel. So how? Let's go back. What is the fat burning zone? Then we'll talk about how can we how can we increase it. Okay, the fat burning zone, pure and simply, is the point at which you are fueling your exertion through stored body fat. And if you look at the, uh, the human bodies, keep it deadly simple. We have two fuel sources. One is our body fat, and the other is carbohydrate. Now I'm sure people are aware of the carbohydrate fuel source and. That the carbohydrate fuel tank will fuel us for a couple of hours. Then it's empty, needs topping up. That's where on-the-go sports nutrition may come in. The fat-burning zone that will fuel us for 24 hours or beyond. Okay, so which one do you want to prioritise for your long-distance event? Do you want to either be stuck in that tiny little fuel tank of carbs and spiking and you know peaking and troughing your blood sugar and your energy and your mood? Or do you want to be having a nice, stable ride, burning that fat? The simple thing is, though, like we said, your fat burning zone exists roughly below 70% of maximum effort. But if you exercise in short bursts, if you eat a high-sugar, high-processed diet, 
um, then all of those things, also if you have stress, if you're sedentary quite a lot of the time, that's basically modern living and modern eating, your ability to burn fat will decrease. The body is getting more used to fueling off that instant sugary carb source, okay? And that sugar, whether it's bread and sandwiches or whether it's Mars bars, doesn't matter. So what you want to do is try and turn that around. Imagine instead of, oh yeah, you're running for half an hour and you feel hungry, even at 70% of maximum effort, imagine if you could run for five hours at 80% and not need a thing to eat. Now the best thing is that's completely achievable and all you've got to do is work on your training and diet to do it. Okay, well... I mean, I, I'm sold, and uh, you know, my, my priority with, with running isn't fat burning. For, but I know for a lot of people that it, it is on, on two counts. One, which is just the aesthetics and trying to you know shift some extra timber and you know balancing out calories and all the rest of it. But the the other side is performance, and as you said, you know, it's 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 damn hard working out at that higher intensity when you're relying on your your stored glycogen, your stored carbohydrates. So. I mean, I'm all ears now. Again, this is another education for me as to how we can increase the fat burning zone. This range of this is basically a heart rate, isn't it? So how how many beats per minute your heart's putting out there, proportional to the intensity? How, how can we increase that level? So what's the what's the solution? What can we do specifically with our training that's going to help us get there? Okay, so training wise, there are two things that you can do, and one of them is really nice, but it, it's more difficult than you might think. And start slowly. Okay, when, when, you're telling, when you're doing a longer running session, take the first 15 minutes super gentle, just ease your body in. If you come slamming into the session at a high intensity, the body's going to default. If you, know, if, if you are more carb biased, it's going to default to using carbs. You don't want it to do that. Slow, ease in gently, 15 minutes, super conversational, nice and simple, and then keep it steady after that. And stay in that area and just keep burning that fat. Now, you talk about heart rate there, and we say roughly you're going to find it around 70%. So training with heart rate is a great idea to help start to learn where these zones are, but don't just use the heart rate. Listen to your body. And in that 70% zone where you're burning fat, you will be able to absorb your surroundings. So, you know, a dog goes running past, you'll, you'll notice it. Um, you know, you're going to see the trees, you're going to be aware of where you are, the weather, you might be thinking about other stuff. If you're running with someone, you can have a conversation. That's a steady zone. Um, now, when you step up to your kind of 80% where you're going to tip over and start going to be using some of those carbs, at that point, your vision was going to focus down. You're going to be looking, you know, you're not going to really be able to hold a good conversation. You're not going to be able to absorb your surroundings so much. You may start to hear your breathing a bit more. You know, get a feel for where those zones are because as everything tunnels down, that's where you're going towards burning the carbs in that upper end. So you can maybe see from your heart rate monitor where those zones are, but listen to the body as well because you could get too focused on going, oh, well, this is my fat zone, and then you might just stay in that zone forever. The aim is to gradually push those zones up with your training. Yeah, and also, I mean, my thing about heart rate training as well is that if you go by 220 minus your age, which is the usual calculation for working at your maximum heart rate, if that's out, which it frequently is, then all mm -hmm. the other calculations are meaningless anyway. So I, I totally agree. I always go off uh, perceived exertion. As you said, you know, if you're well aware of your surroundings, you're conversational, you feel like you're about six, six and a half out of ten intensity, then that's probably going to be, you know, in that, that, that fat, fat burning zone and working aerobically. Take it up and you're having to really work. You're getting closer to that threshold. So is that the only thing we need to really consider then is, is uh, in slowing down for the first 
quarter of an hour of a run, um, or other other specific things that we can do with training or. There, there are definitely more. So I, I mentioned there are two. The first one is that just ease into those sessions gently. Do one of those a long, slow distance session. And whether your long, slow distance is half an hour or if it's seven hours, you know, just go steady, conversational, and encourage the body to burn more fat. Another one is to um, train in a slightly fasted state. Now, this doesn't have to be anything extreme. We're basically talking about go running before breakfast. Right. So don't have, don't have breakfast, don't eat. Go running because if you are eating, then you're liable to be stoking that carb fire again. Right. And you know you don't necessarily need to. There might be a time when you're bonking and you've got it wrong and you need to. But the whole aim of improving your fat burning is to avoid that bonk. You're basically just, building. Just uh, this. clarify that because I'm familiar with it, but not everyone's going to be. I think they might think, "What are we listening to here?" <laughs> it's not that sort of podcast, people. <laughs> bonking. When did you last uh, an, an energy crash where you right, absolutely okay. uh, probably known as also hitting the wall, you know, yeah, where you just sure. run out of all energy and that's it. You just feel heavy and useless and, and you can't really run. Um, we're looking to create this really stable fat burning platform to be able to avoid that. So uh, start, start on training, on long, slow, steady running, uh, running in a fasted state without any food just because the body then has to kind of go straight to burning fat and again, nice and steady there. And also in your diet, reduce or if you can eliminate processed sugar, eliminate uh, processed food, and increase your good fats. You know your coconut oils, your uh, your avocados, all of that sort of stuff. Because the more the body gets used to taking carbohydrate in, the more it goes, yeah, that's my fuel. And we're talking a two-hour fuel tank. The more it takes good fat in, it goes, oh yeah, maybe I can use this stuff too. You know that the the fat is what should be fueling us most of the time. The carbohydrate is like our fight or flight. So if you are killing yourself for a PB in the 10K, well, you're probably going to bang straight into the red, and that's going to be carbs. If you're looking for a real efficiency, then work on that fat. And really, through diet and exercise, it needn't cost anything. It's a lifestyle change, and you're going to lift that level to the point where, yeah, I can run four hours on nothing. And I, I would happily do that regularly. Well, it's so interesting you talk about the fasted state running there, because I've been a big advocate of fasting for some time now and um probably in the last uh, 12 months that i've been doing fasted training not not through any real kind of deliberately i've just been getting up in the morning and going to the gym or going for a run and uh, i found that my performance has been no different to when i've got up and previously had this this belief that i have to have something to eat for breakfast before i can do anything let alone train you know i'll be de devastated if i try and train without anything but no i've been absolutely fine and uh, and feel great. And when I come back, I don't feel like I just have to devour the contents of the fridge and the cupboard to, to refuel. And um, I, I, the, the difference it's made to me to in my performance, I think, has been um, substantial. And uh, oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, I think it's something that people, going back to what we said in the last interview, we're an experiment of one. You just have to try these things. And just because you haven't done it before and you believe that you have to have breakfast before you do anything, doesn't mean that's necessarily the case. If you do it and you feel rubbish... And you, know, you feel lightheaded and woozy and no energy, then you know, it might be just that one time. It might want to try that again. But if it happens again, then fine. At least you gave it a shot. Um, but I definitely think it's, that's, that's one strategy that's worth you know, opening your mind to, especially if the payoff is an improvement in your, your fat-burning potential. Uh, it's, it's going to be an absolute lift in your level. There was a very good thing you said there, actually. You're talking about training in a fasted state and, uh, and not you know, feeling better for it. Mm. A lot of it is psychological. Um, due to the marketing of sports nutrition products, the idea that you've got to keep that carb source topped up, you've got to fuel on this, you've got to eat before you start. I mean, ridiculous. Eat sugar before you start, you're going to, by ingesting processed carbs, 
you're going to reduce your ability to take fat as a fuel source. So you're already putting a handbrake on. Um, I mean, there's a whole other discussion in that. But uh, studies have been done on athletes uh, and testing their blood sugar levels and where they feel people who are habitually using sports nutrition products, when they feel they would need something, actually the blood sugar level is not in a critical zone. It's become a habit. And so what can be done is just by gently, if you feel like you're tipping into that zone, and you, you know, you're on a long run, you're getting a bit knackered, this is very appropriate to ultras, but works for everybody else. Back off a fraction, go back into your comfortable conversational pace, give it half an hour, and you will probably find you don't need anything to eat at all. Yeah. That is working on your efficiency rather than dampening it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's, um, again, fascinating um, topic of conversation there and hopefully of interest to a lot of people who have been watching this, this video today. So thanks for your time, Warren. You're a, a fountain of knowledge on this, uh, this uh, particular subject. So thanks for sharing that with us. And um, uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be putting up a link to your site, 33shake.com, anyway, because... Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll be trying out the, the, shape, the gels, the energy gels, the cheer energy gels this Sunday at the Oxford Half Marathon. So I'm looking forward to, to, to refueling on the run with no maltodextrin or sugars or anything like that. It's going to be a, a new thing for me. Uh, so I look forward to that and I'll give you a report back as to how that goes. Look forward to hearing it. And as ever, very good catching up. You too, Warren. Take care, mate. Bye for now. Bye.